Welcome back to the 99, where we are focused on brewing a better competitive commander. I'm your host, Patrick Marlette. And I'm your co-host, Justin Rodriguez. And today we're taking a tour. We're on Safari. Zendikar Rising. So, so good. Such a good set. Um, and the spoils came fast and hard. And they we, did. We I like it even, that way. I felt like it was like four days of spoilers, and it was... And it was, was over. It. It was yeah. It. And then, like, both the commander sets for this as well. Um, on that note, we're not going to be discussing any of the commander cards. There's only six new ones that were in the commander pre-cons for Zendikar Rising. Mm -hmm. uh, not really noteworthy. Uh, this is a CDH channel, so we're going to discuss the cards that we find have the biggest impact on the game. So there's a full set review of Zendikar Rising in Wooburg order, um, and I'm going to be looking off to the side as we go along to read over some Probably. of these things. Um, and just so you guys know, there's a new mechanic, two new mechanics technically. Party, which... I don't like party. We have one card. We have one party. card we'll talk about with party. And then there's modal double-faced cards, which we will get to at the end of this video. And they're a little confusing. They're a little confusing, so we want to just note and hopefully not butcher what the rules are specifically on them, as well as just grade the ones we have here. And there are a ton. Um, obviously, they're very good because they function as lands as well, but we'll, yes, we'll get do. to those when we get to those. And we're going to go over this in work order, starting with Archon of Ameria. So, I hate Root Maze. This is Root Maze. I hate Rule of Law. This is Rule of Law. And it's all asymmetrical. This is ridiculous. Um, yeah, well, and yes. Well, the Root Maze part is. The Root Maze part is. So, Archon of Ameria <laughs> is two generic and one white. It should be on the screen. Creature Archon, 2-3 body, flying. Uh, if you, by the way, followed my review over on Channel Fireball, you've already caught the highlights from this set, in my opinion. We're going to go over a smattering more. Um, but, flying... Each player can't cast more than one spell each turn, so that's symmetrical, but non-basic lands your opponent's control enter the battlefield's tapped. That's like, I have two basics in blue farm. Two basics. Yeah. <laughs> Naramea, like, you got is, like a couple basics? Yeah, I have like 19, but this is ridiculous to fight. And the fact that it's on a 2-3 body, and it's flying, it's so really good. Here's, here's how you look at this. Like, imagine you get that real sweet hand, you, you get the Savannah, you get the Mana Crypt, and you drop this right? Your opponent's turns look like this. They're not only going to be behind on the amount of cards they can cast per turn, and they put you on the same level with Archon, but their lands are going to be slower too. So while you just had a turn three play, mm -hmm. their turn is going to be, if they don't have a basic... Play a tapped fetch. Zero. It's going to be a turn zero. <laughs> then they'll get to untap their fetch, then they'll get to sack their fetch, and then they might get another non-basic. Or they'll get likely. one of their two basics. It's, it's really annoying. And um, they can't even storm out or have fast turns. Because yeah, this, of the rule of law effect. This is such a great turn one play. And obviously, if you're playing this in a stacks list, you'll follow this up with like a Trini Sphere, a Damping Sphere. You're going to bog down the board so hard. But the beautiful part is, and it's one of the most damning um, pieces of stacks Justin mentioned, Root Maze. I believe Root Maze makes it so artifacts and non-basic lands enter the battlefield's tasks. Just lands. Just uh, lands. Lands and something else. Oh. But... Um, but it's it's that, right? And th that's a one CMC card, but artifacts and lands come into play tapped, oh, right? Artifacts too? That's obnoxious. And for three mana, it makes sense that this would be asymmetrical. It only affects your opponents. But then on top of that, you get Eidolon of the Rhetoric, you get Rule of Law. It's it's a gross amount of ability to have on one creature at three CMC. This is extremely relevant stacks to the format. Extremely yes. relevant. Yes. Even like, um, I think all the way from casual to competitive, you know, everyone's using like the myriad landscapes all the way to your aired mesas. Like you want to be able to thin your list out, whether you admit it or not. Um, it, that shuffling aspect helps with your sensei's tops, and this just punishes you for using a land base that you kind of require. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really crazy how good this card is. Uh, hopefully copies will be cheap. Um, I expect they will be. People don't generally dish out a lot of money for stacks pieces. I don't know why. They're not popular in the rotating format. So, so. what decks are you putting this in? Whoo, um, like pretty much everything. Because you I, love stacks so much. I have an Akiri list that's going to be featured over on Channel Fireball. So I'll encourage you guys to check that out. It's heavy stacks, equipment, mm-hmm. strategy. Does Teshar play this? Teshar, it's tricky because Teshar wants to storm too. Unfortunately, we use sack outlets as part of our strategy. So we technically could use Archon of Ameria. Okay. And then if we have a sack outlet that sacrifices a creature, we can get this off the field so we can go off. So it's not a bad idea and Kambal honestly, would love that Kambal would really yes. love this by the way it's not storm it's relying on a very simple strategy which is the leonin relic water slash animate dead right and that just goes infinite so if you have something like a blood artist on the field you win right it's it's you can pseudo storm in that list but that's not the goal like you add nas and play a bunch of things heliord slams this Heliod definitely wants this. There's really no... uh, So a lot of your mid-range list and or stack-centric lists with combos that rely on one to two cards, right? And just basic setup are going to love Archon of Ameria. It is better than Eidolon of Rhetoric if you're still playing Eidolon and need to switch it. Just play both. Or play both. Play both. Obviously, its inherent fault is that it's a creature, so there's more ways to interact with it. This single card can extend the length of a game by like... 30 minutes. Just a turn one Archon of Ameria. It's disgusting to look at. I love it, though. I really love it. So the only other white card we want to talk about that is a non-MDFC is Skyclave Apparition. It's one generic double white for Creature Core Spirit, 2-2 body. When Skyclave Apparition enters the battlefield, exile up to one target non-land, non-token permanent you don't Mm -hmm. control with a converted mana cost of four or less. Um, And there's a reason they said you don't control. We'll see why. When Skyclave Apparition leaves the battlefield, the exiled card's owner creates an XX blue illusion spirit creature token. Um, illusion, excuse me, creature token, where X is the converted mana cost of the exiled card. So you are going to build that individual's board state, but you remove essentially a non-land permanent. Pretty much the enchantments that are plaguing the board. Yeah, or like a... And they never get it back, right? So what's cool about this, and usually when you see these exile uh, effects in white, they, they usually come back when the creature leaves, like mm-hmm. Fiend Hunter, Lean and Relic Order, I already mentioned. Uh, this is permanent, but with benefit. Is it is it really damning to give them like a 2-2 spirit? Not at all. Or illusion, <laughs> Not when you're playing me. the 2-3 Archon, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. Like, you just block that. So this is really solid removal. I don't see this in any of my particular list, unfortunately, though... One would think it would squeeze into Teshar or something like that. You could loop this a little bit. You could. You can loop this in exile non-lands. Yeah. Right? So you just exile everything. And they would get creatures. And then you can't loop it to exile their tokens because it's non-token. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 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 interesting how they worded it so that you couldn't just devastate a board this way. However, it is very good. A 2-2 body is eh. But the effect is really amazing. I don't know if it's going to see much play in CDH or EDH in general. No, but I really like the card. And it's I think if you're mono white, yeah. I think if you're a mono white, we have obnoxious uh, people that own cars in my neighborhood. That's all the things. Every now and then, yeah, right. It's every now and then you get it, and I hope they watch this video. They definitely. And they do. learn from their ways. <laughs> okay, so we have a couple blue cards we want to talk about here. And the first one we're going to discuss is Concerted Defense. So for one blue, this isn't even the party card we were going to talk about, but 
this is pretty good. Uh, Concerned Defense is one blue. Counter-target non-creature spell unless its controller pays one, mm-hmm. plus an additional one for each creature in your party. So the big the big partner combo is Thrasios and Timna, right? So sure. you get a Cleric and a Wizard right there. So that's pay three, if you have both out. And they're two and three CMC, so it's not difficult to get them out. So this can logically, it's going to be at face value, one to counter a spell for one. It's mana type, right? However, non-creature. No, type is better. Non-creature, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like Spell Pierce. But, this, but Spell Pierce is way better But this, than can raise, this can raise in, in value. So obviously, if is Brawl a wizard, right? Brawl? Yeah, what is Chief of Compliance? He's got to be. Compliance officer? Yeah, he's a wizard. He's definitely yeah. a wizard. So there are going to be lists that can definitely benefit from this, and this is just a cheap, a usable counter if you have that party mechanic fulfilled. Again, wouldn't play for party. I feel like we're at such a critical mass of amazing counters that this doesn't crack into that top... Not really. But it's, but it's an interesting thing. If you're budgeting, this is going to be a really good option for you because it's uncommon. It's going to be very cheap. And sure. again, just look at your commanders. Like Even if this was just at two, that's going to stop a lot of spells. A lot of non-creature spells are going to just die to two. That's not bad. Again, it's uh, definitely not the top pick for counters, but it's still pretty solid. Uh, next up, we have Deliberate, which is one generic, one blue, instant speed, scry two, then draw a that's card. That's so good in Brawl. There you go. It's yeah. an instant speed preordain, but he yeah. likes to call it an opt. Yeah, I mean, the speed of the card is relevant to me, so it, it's it's opt for one more generic and one more scry, right? And that's... People play opt. Yeah, they opt do. Opt is good. All the time. Uh, and this... Mainly I mean, mono blue. <laughs> this doesn't replace preordain for that player. They're still probably going to want to play preordain. Oh, preordain's way better. I the, mean, just for the mana cost alone. It's... If... If you are able to reduce the cost of the spell, like if you're using sapphire medallions and stuff, like then maybe it's good. Or if your commander reduces it, then yeah. I yeah. mean, maybe Marnaramea would want this, right? It's good. It's the a good card. Instant speed is relevant only because if you're in blue, you're likely holding up countermeasures or something to manage the board, right? So if nothing ever comes up, you've been deliberating this whole time. Just let everyone know. I think it's pretty solid. I, I like it. No, I think it's a decent card. Yeah, I do. It's a tough squeeze though. Again. Blue has such an influx of like all these abilities. It's so saturated with the scry, draw, all these mechanics for card quality that uh, picking a singular one for a list is really hard when you're looking at what you yeah. could replace it for. I think the Archon is a slam dunk for CDH and everything else is like, okay, this is interesting. This might see some place somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like a lot of the cards we're going to discuss are, are kind of like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll let you know when I think it's a slam dunk. What's interesting, though, is that there are a lot of really potent or decently viable cards in the set. And genuinely speaking, I, I was not expecting Zenicar Rising to have no. a, as long a list of cards as we're going to be going off that we find usable. So <laughs> the next one we want to talk about, speaking of Thrasios and Timna, Nimble Trap Finder for one generic and a blue creature human rogue. Oh, fulfilling that party mechanic already. 2-1 Almost body. There. Nimble Trap Finder can't be blocked if you had another Cleric, Rogue, Warrior, or Wizard enter the battlefield under your control this turn. That's the less relevant part. But when it goes along with this, at the beginning of combat on your turn, if you have a full party of creatures uh, you control gain, if you have a full party of creatures you control gain, whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. That's Edric, Spy Master of Trust. Yeah, that's and uh, it's so good. That card is Orin so good. Orin Frostfang. That's that's like it's so yeah, okay. If you've never played Edric or you've never played Orin, Orin's really devastating because it gives them death touch. Drawing like, a card for each creature yeah. that's attacking when barely anybody plays creatures. I I find that these are definitely the most underrated draw effects. Like 
slapping this ability on a creature, because a lot of people just go sideways, attack the person with a black in their deck so that they can reduce their life total. Like, if people are usually turning sideways or not concerned about blocking. There's always at least one or two people you can get the in on. The best part about this is, like, Timna needs, like, more than one player so you can draw more cards. So yeah. You could just focus fire one player and draw, like, three cards, four yeah, cards. Yeah, that's the beauty of this, too. It doesn't four cards for a party. Come on. Yeah, because Timna, it needs to hit different opponents, but this just lets you hit the one opponent. Mind you, you do need a full party, but again, Thrasios, Timna, this, you would just need the, not the rogue, the warrior. You need a warrior. A good warrior. Who's a good warrior? Who's a good warrior? And those... <laughs> I'm find, really not Find us yet. a warrior. <laughs> find We're us a find warrior. Uh, just... Something to note, right? So if you do have a warrior that you tutor for frequently, well then maybe Nimble Trap Finder is for you. Uh, and this is the card I mentioned over on Channel Fireball. I love this card. Or this is a slam dunk. I will be mentioning rather. I'm playing this. I don't think it's released yet. A Thieving Skydiver. Generic blue, creature, merfolk, rope, two, one, kicker, X, can't be zero, flying. When Thieving Skydiver enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, gain control of target artifact with a converted mana cost of X or less. If that artifact is an equipment, attach it to Thieving Skydiver. What are you doing with this card? So I'm not I'm not taking equipment. Don't really care about that. Um, but I am 100% coming back from behind. At oh. least Naramea, like I'm playing Steel Enchantment, I'm playing Copy Artifact, and now I'm playing Thieving Skydiver because if I don't have an explosive turn, I'm taking your Mana Crypt, I'm taking your Mana Vault. Uh, you'll probably tap it anyway, but that's okay, because I can probably untap it eventually. It but I'm it. taking your Soul Ring. Yeah. I'll take a Signet. It's, it's I, really, either really good. Either any Signet, the Arcane Signet, your Talisman. Uh, it's pretty good. I think the only equipment you might even gun for is if you're desperate. I mean, is three mana draw two bad? And you also get to keep the Skull Clamp afterwards, right? So if you grab a Skull yeah. Clamp, you just draw two, and you have a Skull Clamp. Maybe you're in Najila. I don't know why she's playing this. I think but... Sword of Fire and Ice. That's what I'll do. Yeah, that's even... Whew, yeah, that's let me equip that and then whip you with it really quick and start drawing. Um, Thieving Skydiver, pretty good. Um, I like this card quite a bit. Its mana cost is great. The only thing that could make it better is Flash, but thank God she So the thing it. about this card is like it doesn't go into all the lists. This no. goes... I mean, this is really good in Naru, I think. I think Urza could run it if it wants. Yeah, I mean, you're um, getting an artifact to... Pretty count. much like Mono Blue. Mono Blue would use this. Yeah. Uh, maybe Dual Color. Maybe Kess would want it. I don't know. I, I think that once you start adding all these colors, like, you really don't need an effect like this. But for a deck that's Mono and Color, we need any catch-up mechanic... Any advantage. ...that we can get. Yeah. And this is one. And you can always anticipate there's going to be at least two players with artifacts you can steal. Easily. You know, even the list that don't use that many artifacts, they'll always have at least a soul ring or something in their list that you can steal. So definitely, definitely amazing. Uh, we're moving on to black. There's only one card in black outside of the MDFCs we want to mention, and it's noteworthy because it says destroy target enchantment. Feed the swarm. For one generic, one black sorcery, destroy target creature enchantment and opponent controls. You lose life equal to that permanence converted mana cost. I can't believe they broke the color pie. It's like, it's like <laughs> I can't believe life they broke this. the color yeah. pie. <laughs> what? Yeah. You're playing, you're playing Ad Nauseam in your deck. Sucks to lose life to this. I mean, you just destroyed an enchantment in black. And if you're in mono black, that's a big deal because we don't. Wait, what was the last one? Gate, gates of Phyrexia. Gate of, gates of, Two gates Phyrexia. of Phyrexia. And then yeah. the last, um, there was a mass sacrifice with uh, Mire and Misery, Sorcery, and each player has to sacrifice. I'm using Mire and Misery in Tiny Bones. Sure. I, I'm not replacing yeah, you it this? with this. No, you're not no. playing this. Because okay. I'd rather mass sacrifice. Get rid of a creature. Get rid of your wild right. growth. Get rid so of we, your So we like that there's enchantment removal in black, but does this see play at all? 
if you're in any other color, like if you're in Orzov, if, if literally any other color, Golgari, there's better options. There are. If you're in mono black and for some reason there's an enchantment that's a real hang up for you, I guess like rule of law, I, I don't know, like. Root maze. What do you, the root maze? <laughs> See, it depends yeah. on what you're going against, but you'll know it's, it's a meta call, right? So if you know you need enchantment removal, um, but enchantment removal gets devalued. I find that people care more about removing artifacts than they ever think or, or care about removing enchantments. And I don't know why that is. Um, it's just convenient that Green's you know, natural state, nature's claim, does both. Sure. But when it comes to mainlining enchantment removal, you don't really care. Yet enchantments are, are some of the most game-winning and damning they effects. They can in, easily be the most game-winning right? effects in the entire game. A Rhystic study? Yeah. An early Rhystic study, an early Necropotence. I mean, I'm not playing Feed the Swarm because of that. No. But it's a cool consideration, and I like this direction. The only downfall for this card for me is the fact that it's sorcery, but, you know, it, at least it Oh, wait, wait a second. If this was instant speed, would you play it? I would probably consider it. You would consider it more? Okay. Because yeah. at least I have more interaction, right? When you think CDH, I guess the big enchantment you can think of right now is Underworld Breach. And at least in that situation, I can have a say-so. Yes, actually, that'd be very, very right? good like you wouldn't expect Then the, I would want it. The, if, if this doesn't hit Underworld Breach, what's the point? I don't know. I mean... Uh, if you're up against a lot of stacks. Maybe. We could be wrong. I mean, it. it's... I mean, I don't know what your strategy is. Like, if you can get away with, like, a rule effect being on the board... But see, but if you're in black, then you probably want to get rid of that rest in peace, right? Mm, I don't know. It's true. I don't know. I... Feed the Swarm's okay. Uh, give us your evaluation. I'd love to know. The life loss does suck too, though. I yes. have to say. Especially if you're on Adnaz and the Necropotence package. You are. And you, <laughs> and you are. Um, love my nose. And we're back with Leyline Tyrant. Wait, wait. This is like the most broken effect that I've seen in a long time. Like, this is really, really good. I don't think red by itself has um, an effect that does this, right? So it's like the Omnath uh, mana, whatever. The mono green Omnath does this, and we've seen this a handful of times, but I think there's maybe only three or four cards that allow you to keep that mana in your pool throughout the entire uh, end phase of everyone else's turn as well. So Leyline Tyrant, uh, if you haven't seen this, it's a mythic from the set. Two generic, double red, creature dragon, 4-4, four, four, flying. You don't lose unspent red mana as steps and phases end. So it's like the crucifix or the god of whatever. It's like the Omnath. Uh, however, there's also a little bump to his playability. When Leyline Tyrant dies, you may pay any amount of red. When you do, it deals that much damage to any target. So this is like your super piggy bank. I mean... This is a very niche card. Does Neheb want this? I think the five-color Neheb... I mean, it, you guys can tell me. I've never played that Neheb, but... but Wait, I mean, does your Neheb want this? You're making a lot of mana. So, yeah, if you guys haven't seen Neheb Dreadhorde Champion, the 4CMC one, it's like Combat Storm. You make a lot of red mana, you're hoping to do things with that mana, like wheel, extra combat, swing again, double strike. Get in there and kill people with damage, whether via some infinite combo... Or just turn after turn, right? This is a tough call because the 4CMC slot is really tight right now. Like mm -hmm. the Surly Badger Soar, there are cards in there that are very, very good for the list. I don't think this synergy is necessary, though. Despite okay. us rummaging and getting a lot of red mana, we generally don't end our turn with that much excess red mana. I, I try to blow it all on something at least. Sure. Do you know what okay. I mean? But if I if I could save a one or two red mana on my turn, maybe that would make my, you know, my other turns more effective. But then I look at this and I think to myself, well, I can either play this or I can play Treasonous Ogre. 
and and just get all the mana I need when I need it. Sure. You know, obviously, with life being a limitation. It's a very powerful ability that we really don't have a way to break just yet. Yeah, in mono red... At least not in CDH. We're not going for this. Yeah, I, well, if there was a way to like manipulate it it's such that you had infinite red mana and you could just self-sacrifice this, kill you, like an Aether Flux sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, just like sacrifice this, get the trigger, kill you, bring it back, kill you. Then it, I mean, it doesn't have to be a combo to be valuable. The effect is still very good. Just I don't see it in any of my list yet. Mm -hmm. But do note it's a unique effect, right? Definitely. You don't usually see this, especially at 4 CMC. It's actually quite good. How much was Omnath? Omnath's like three? I forget. I don't know, but the casual on me is so excited when I see that card. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. The next one we're going to talk about is... Woo, like a fan favorite. I feel like forums and, and people on our Discord were, were going crazy about this, trying to find ways to manipulate this guy to go infinite. Mm -hmm. Mirag Fury of Akum. I could be pronouncing that wrong. Four generic, double red. So six mana for a legendary creature, Minotaur Warrior. Can be your commander. Six, six body. Each creature you control gets plus one, plus zero for each time it has attacked this turn. Landfall. This is the important part. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, if it's your main phase, you have two of those, there's an additional combat phase after this phase. At the beginning of that combat, untap all creatures you control. Note, you don't get an additional main phase prior to that combat phase. So you so string all of these up. If you do this in main phase two... You get more combat. You get more combat still. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if your commander, like, like Akiri, you know, she attacks with equipped creatures, she draws cards, she might draw into a land. Okay. You play your, I said Aaron Mesa earlier, you play your Aaron Mesa, you get your plateau. Um, I just played, I just, not played, I played one land, but I had two lands enter the battlefield. Two more combats. So your fetches are really good. Your fetches are really good. You don't need to go infinite for this to be good. If you have a strategy that relies on your attack phase, like, like a Kiri, like if I'm just attacking with creatures with equipment and I draw because of that, sure. this is potentially draw three to four. Oh, I would play like a Mimi, like um, Najila, landfall deck where, where I can play like Azusa and just like extra lands and just keep going Crucible Worlds oh and like weird stuff like that imagine I imagine Fast Bomb was legal I mean there's more broken things you can do if that yeah. was legal but that would be really fun anything I mean well it's infinite combat's awesome I think yeah. that's pretty good. If you just if you gave yourself indestructible or you used Dolman's Gate and made it so they can't take damage or you just th there's a number of ways where infinite combat works and this guy might be a kid unlocking them. I don't know. I don't think by himself you wouldn't want this as your commander. Do you feel like you'd run that in the head? Mm, yeah, I am. I mean, I am. Yeah. yeah, actually. You love more combat. I have a list of cards that I am buying for Neheb, <laughs> and one of them is one we're going to mention. Valakar by the way, this like alternate art for this card. I'll put it on the screen. So beautiful. I love that. It's really it's good. So menacing looking. They're both good. They're I I love them both. I I think this guy's really a slam dunk. Even if you don't, you, you're not running in a lands matter list. Even if you don't care about dropping multiple lands a turn, just a fetch land is good. Just a prismatic vista is good, right? Go. And even just one land is good. Just another combat. Again, you want a strategy that relies on combat. Otherwise, you wouldn't bother with them. Um, the next one we're gonna talk about is interesting. Roiling Vortex. So I do love my stacks pieces, and red gets the damagey ones, and this is one of them. One generic, one red for an enchantment. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that includes you, Roiling Vortex deals one damage to them. We like that. 
attacked. Yeah, it's fine. No one's attacking red. Everyone's attacking the Grixis player, right? Uh, whenever a player casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast that spell, Roiling Vortex deals five damage to that player. So your three counters. Okay. Right. Your Isochrone Scepter. Um, your zero mana rocks. All of them. <laughs> yeah. One red. Your opponents can't gain life this turn. So, what was it? Omnipotence? Is that the blue card that lets you cast anything for free? Is that even legal? I think so, yeah. Are we playing that card? <laughs> um, how many, yeah, I forget. Anyway, Roiling Vortex. Who's this really hurting? Um, I can think anyone who's using the free commander spells, anyone who's using free counters, anyone who might be on Slaughter Pack, anyone mm -hmm. who might be on um, the Summoning Summoner's Pact. There's only so many free spells outside of blue that people want mainline and then a bunch of zero rocks you're gonna, you're gonna make me hard cast my deflected swat <laughs> make you hard cast that force of will i want to see you yeah keep the life keep the blue card in your hand just pay five please <laughs> five or four it's five right so would you run this in like a stacks burden to this i mean no one is really heliod is the only one i can think of that would really get hurt of your opponents gain life this turn can't gain life this turn mm -hmm. and then maybe if people are on children of Coralis. Well, all the timbers in the world can't get their life link <laughs> yeah, they're just not that it life. mattered that much, but no. I like that this is another weird five is a lot. I think Tor brand, any anyone who's like running cards and say double if it's coming from a red source, double this damage, oh, okay. then it's ten. Yeah, that's one fourth of your total life now just because you cast Pact of Negation once. I then it's good. I five is still really good. Don't get me wrong, five damage is a lot. I don't know. It's got to be a very particular package though. Sure. I don't think. You know, this is a card that can only get better in the future, though. Yeah. As we have more alternative costs and more broken cards. As soon turn. as there's that legendary that is the Torbrand effect where it multiplies or increases the amount of damage you're doing off of red sources, but it's in like Boros or better yet, more colors like Naya, and you just have ways to tutor for these things, yes. um, then it gets really good. So just keep your eyes on this. This is probably going to be one of those cheap rares, like the. Bargain bin rares. It's going to be a 50 cent rare, but... Yeah, hold it. I it's feel like this is a card that's only going to get better with Age. Sodium good. Uh, one of my favorites from this set, and this is another one I'm not using, but I really want to. Yes. Valakut Exploration. A another one with amazing promo art. That's the one I'm going to leave on the screen, because it looks so good. It really um, does. Both look good. I'm sorry, Jesper. Both look good. <laughs> Two generic, one red, enchantment. Landfall. Whatever land enters the battlefield under your control, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled. It's like experimental Not frenzy. End of turn. Mm -hmm. Okay. When, as long as it's an exile, you may play that card. That's that's the important part, right? So if you've ever needed card advantage in red, exile some things. Now, mind you, it's um it's going to be face up in exile, so people will know uh, what you have there, but you have that advantage now. Well, did you read the second part? No. So. <laughs> You can, and you can trick this with Sundial the Infinite. You can okay, trick this okay. with effects that stop your turn. That That's the thing to note. But otherwise, and what you really want to do with this, at the beginning of your end step, if there are cards exiled with Valakut Exploration, put them in their owner's graveyard. Still not bad, because you want those in your graveyard anyways. Protect me if you have your breach. Reanimate strategy, you're in Rakdos, your breach. Yeah, exactly. Um, then Valakut Exploration deals that much damage to each opponent. So Sundial the Infinite... I just keep shit in exile and I just get to play it. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. Or if I just, if I have a lands matter list and I just dropped like 10 lands in a turn, that's 10 damage right there. How did you do that though? Oh. This is like a, oh, this is definitely a... like a gruel. Like you need like Haro 
You need to want you want yeah. like your conspired things. Anything that puts lands on the battlefield. You got your soccer tribe elder, you got your soccer tribe scout, right? You've got a way to like bounce lands, put them back on the battlefield, yeah. tap this creature, put another land on the battlefield. So this is like card advantage because you get to see more cards and you might get to play them and you can play lands off of this. So good. Yes, uh, again, another key thing to know, you may play cards, so your land for turn. You get right another. off of this, which is cool. Um Again, it, it needs to be in a particular list, though. Um, a lot of these landfalls, like unlike Morag, who, if you have a combat strategy, he's clearly good. This is card advantage, and if you're in a list that it is beyond red, you know, you'll probably rely on other things. Nothing is beyond red in this current metagame. Every, <laughs> everyone wants red. Well, I mean, like, no one's really mainlining sort of a possibility unless it's Ward, right? And this might be a better card advantage engine for you if you don't want to rely on rummage effects, right? And you're in mono sure. red. But outside of that, you probably have other things to draw. Uh, this is really interesting though. It, it's, I mean, the dream is to just drop, a, have an infinite land strategy, like in, with blue, there's like the Nims, the Pim's Cup. I don't know what it's called. What is a Pim's Cup? There's, there's, it's a drink. Um, but there's- No, no, a, I know what a Pim's Cup is, but what card is that? Nims something. Nims Death Mantle? No. No, there's a blue card. There's no Nim. I'm finding it. There's a blue card that you can use to just do infinite landfall. Blue's got all the fun stuff, but there's a blue card that lets you go infinite with... Uh, we're going to find it. Uh, uh, hold a second. Got there. Got it. Got what it. Pemmins Aura. We're going to make Valakut work, okay? That's just what this segment of the video is about. Pemmins Aura. You, uh, for one... And you can do this with Freed, Freed from the Real as well. Okay, right? sure. So, one generic, double blue, enchant creature... I'm only going to read the top ability. Blue. Untap enchanted creature. Which creature? Soccer tribe scout. Tap it. How do you get all those lands into your hand? Oh, Cloudstone Curio. Oh, there's so many cards oh, on the lands. Oh, okay, okay. What's the, okay, what's the Vortex? What is that? World Whatever you use in Chilean? Hullen? Oh, Mana Breach. Mana Breach, right? Whenever yeah, a land sure. enters the battlefield, or whenever you tap a land? Whenever, no, whenever I cast a spell. Mana, mana yeah, Breach. Yeah, right. Cast a spell or tap a land? No, whenever I uh, cast a spell. Whenever a player plays a spell. Okay. okay. Whatever. We'll play spells. But basically what you do is Cloudstone Curio, tap the thing for a blue, if it's a dual land, island, whatever, because Sakura Tribe Scout lets you put it into play untapped. And basically you use Pemmin's Aura, Sakura Tribe Scout, and Cloudstone, or anything that would bounce or anything that would put a land back in your hand to do that infinitely. Exile your entire library and then boom, kill them all. And kill them all. <laughs> and kill them all. We got there. I really like this combo. <laughs> I, I want to brew it. I had to think pretty hard Brit, Brit, on please. that. I feel like um, there might be something there in uh, Tatiova, uh, Simic, right? Um, there might be something. No, because you need the red. You do need the red. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there are infinite landfall strategies for Simic. And I'm not drawing cards. I want to exile them. I just want to exile them. <laughs> anyway, we're moving on to green. Woo! Roiling regrowth. This Almost is going to be a long run for you guys. I'm sorry. Too generic. One green, instant speed, sacrifice a land, search your library for two basic lands, put them on the battlefield, tap, then shuffle your library. There are only so many effects that work this way at instant speed. And they're the best. Haro's the best. Haro's the best. Land ramp. Mark my words. <laughs> if you run basics, it's very good. Especially if people are running back to basics, blood men against you. Just get your basics out. Get them out early. Um... Instant speed effects like this, there need to be more of them, and they need to be cheaper. And even if it was just one land from my, you know, my deck, I would be super happy. Okay. If it was like one generic, one green to grab a basic from my deck and put it on the battlefield, not tapped, I would love that. Does Tatiova want this? 
does Tatiova want this? Maybe. What does she get when, like, ta- when she draws? She just draws, right? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Tatiova likes to draw. Uh, don't you want that? Don't you want your deck <coughs> in your hand? It's like literally the allergies today, but I'm suffering like the players who need to sit through the Valakut exploration land loop. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, rough. We're gonna make it though. We're gonna make it. We're gonna rise above this. Zendikar can't stop us, and neither can Akiri. Akiri Fearless Voyager. I love this art. I love this art. I love this card. Uh, again, expect a deck tech soon around Channel Fireball. One generic, one red, one white. Legendary creature, Core Warrior. 3-3. <laughs> Whenever you attack with the player with one or more equipped creatures, draw a card. I'm going to read the last effect, but it's irrelevant. Pay a white. You may unattach an equipment from a creature you control. Why? If you do, tap that creature, and it gains indestructible until the end of turn. Look, okay. Okay. if you suffer from people murdering your things left and right, then you get to save them. But then you have to re-equip the things, and it's costly, and you need things equipped to creatures to draw things. You just want card draw on Boros. I just want card draw on Boros, man. I just want a thieving skydive your equipment. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I want. Do, and I'll unattach it, and I don't know, and not do anything. <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> it's okay. The second ability is okay. Why couldn't she generate creatures like Najila or do something useful? With yeah. that second ability. The draw is what's relevant. Now, mind you, I've been testing this. It's a fun list. I do want to note, though, its inherent downfall is that a lot of your sl- slots and your 99 are going to be devoted to equipment and creatures. So those creatures better be really good at what they're doing. So things like Archon of the Maria, things like Eidolon of the Rhetoric, a lot of stacks pieces, a lot of hate bears um, are just going to be slammed. And you, that's what you're you equipping. exploration? No, Valakut Exploration, no. <laughs> no. We need Penim's, uh, Pemin's Cup. What, what is that enchantment name? At any rate, Akiri, Fearless Forger, what's special about her is that she's Boros and she draws. Okay, we got there. We don't see that every day. We don't see that ever. No, this is the first. Enjoy. Oh, gosh, I hope like a year from now people watch this and they're like, damn, we got there. <laughs> Boros has all the draw now. Everyone, we're just rocking it in white. We got draw everywhere. Uh, never going to happen. Um, Nissa of Shadowed Bows. When the bow breaks. Yeah. Nissa of Shadowed Bows. Sure. I love this card. You, you love this for CDH? Why? Quick and dirty. This goes in your landfall deck. You can give me your quick and dirty opinion on her, but I'm going to put up the art that's delicious. Two okay. generic Golgari. And does she ever look Golgari? Legendary Planeswalker Nissa, landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, put a loyalty counter on Nissa. Okay. What? We're going to have a Nissa with so much loyalty. Yeah, bring whatever you want back. Plus one, untap target land you control. You have, uh, it, you may have it become a three-three elemental creature with haste and menace until the end of turn. It's still a land, so you don't have to do that, but you can. Uh, negative five, you may put a creature card with a converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control onto the battlefield from your hand or your graveyard with two plus one plus one counters on it. Not excited yet. That's the that's the exciting part. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to use sneak attack out of color? No, it's not really instant. Here's what's great about her. In Golgari, she's really great at saving your value creatures. She's really good at putting stuff that died back on the battlefield easily. And so she's like Marin? easy to protect. Marin would like this? Why not? I mean, what, what, who would... Marin's doing it himself. Gidrog herself. Is, Gidrog is not quick enough anymore. I think Gitrog would want this. I would want to bring back my News Constrictor. I would want to bring back my whatever. You're just... Your Wild Mongo. You get to play extra lands with Gitrog, right? So you're going to be able to get her landfall bumped up a lot. True. No offense to Gitrog players. 
a lot of decks are faster than it now, and it's very hard for it to compete like that. I think you could probably afford to add your own root maze and or revolve that list around a lands matter strategy. Any lands matter list is probably going to want this for its recovery aspect. That's what's really important here. But untapping target land, like untapping a guy's cradle is also really good. It's really good, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of value here, and it's packed into a creature that's for CMC. I like it. Is it CDH material? I don't know. Depends on the deck. A lot of the cards we're going to talk about today depends on the deck. Except the Archon. The Gitrog player's already left. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it's slow? What do you mean? I had a one-on-one -on -one game with Mikey and with his Gitrog, with Savala. That was quick. Oh, those games were quick. Seven and two, <laughs> by the way. Uh, Yasharn! Implacable Earth. Is he a boar? Is he an elemental? I don't know. He gets both. Two generic, one forest, one white, and as Justin said, it does get both. 4-4. Four, four. When Yasharn enters the battlefield, search your library for a basic force and a basic plane. Just basic bitches here. Reveal those cards, put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. That's why we're playing them. That's why we want them. We don't need to read the last effect. Tell me, Master of Stacks. What does it do? <laughs> Players can pay life or sacrifice non-land permanents to cast spells or activate abilities. So what do we hit? Treasures. <laughs> Treasures. <laughs> Necrophones. Oh. Necrophones. Fetch Force lands. Uh, what do we get? If the spell says as additional cost, sacrifice. Okay. A lot. Oh, diabolic Culling intent. Calling the weak. Diabolic intent. I really like calling the weak. Yeah. Well, it's not, no it's not hitting my reign of filth, though. No. Reign yeah. of filth is fine. Because non-land permanence. But everything else. Now it's his players. So you're going to get involved in this mess, this conundrum. And do you really want to do that with Yasharn? Nah. I mean, you're getting your basic points and your basic points. We're not running him as commander. No. <laughs> but it's another interesting stacks piece that could have relevance on the format. Is anyone going out of their way to include this in their deck? Not necessarily, but it does have implications that can stop some of the typical things that you'll encounter. My response to the Discord when they mentioned this was, there's an angel that does this. And no one plays her. <laughs> and it's a little different. The wording's a little different. She doesn't stop treasure. She doesn't get two lands. No, she didn't get two lands, though. That's the real fault. But it's basically lands. If stars. it was just a forest or plains, oh, yeah. It would be really good, but it's it's non... I don't even know why it's not a basic. I don't know why it couldn't have just been forest or plains. Why couldn't it have just been forest or plains, you sharn? <laughs> it's not like you're getting that many more lands out of your deck that way. Oh, gosh. You sharn <laughs> letting us down. <laughs> I don't know. It's notable, okay? The effect is notable. I've been, uh, yeah, I've been notified. <laughs> Check your notifications. Hit the bell icon if you want to be notified when we talk about you sharn again. <laughs> is that everything? Woo! I'm building the deck around it. Moving on to colorless. I hope you do. Let us know how brutal your Yasharn is. <laughs> Whip out that Yasharn and show us. Um, Forsaken Monument for five generic legendary artifact. Bringing it home for the colorless. Colorless creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Was your Eldrazi? <laughs> Does your Eldrazi... <laughs> And you have trouble getting Eldrazi up in the Colorless, morning. please. You're playing Memnite. Like, you're doing all these you're things Memnite, into Shark. You're Ornithopter. Slam dunk into Shark. <laughs> Here's what's cool about Forsaken Monument. This is what got everyone giddy. Just just ignore everything else except this one part? Yeah. No, there's, there's two The parts. art is really dope, by the way. The art is really, really good. Pyotr. 
Piotr, Piotr. Whenever you tap a permanent for generic, add an additional generic. Guess what we go infinite with? Grimonolith? You do. But no, we don't. Basalt Monolith, you get infinite untaps. You're on bas uh, yeah, Mesmeric Orb. Okay, fine. You're on Mesmeric Orb. Basalt Monolith. Basalt Monolith gets to go infinite with this. Woohoo! You know, you get to do that thing with Thrasios. You're not playing for Second Monument for that. You're really playing it for whenever you I cast mean, a colorless spell, gain <laughs> two life. So, like, Urza uses Basalt Monolith power artifacts. Yeah. Combo. Urza like would probably. Slam this. We'll throw it in there, and then we can make the golem. The golem's plus two, plus two. That is a fat golem. It is. And Bosch the iron golem. Throw it in there. Too. Also colorless. We throw it in there. Too. Just red and yeah. Just make infinite mana. Feed the Urza, and then win. Is um, it overcosted? Yes. Woo. I don't think we're playing this. No. But we have another combo. Is show and tell legal? There's no way you're slamming this easily. It's gonna hurt. It's only man. five mana. I'm not trying to show and tell that. <laughs> no, you want to show and tell the dude in the background. You want that Ulamog. I'm assuming Please. that's Ulamog, right? Um, anyways, really cool card. Lithiform. My favorite engine. card. Of you want to read this one? Oh, this one's nuts. This is like the nuts. Yeah, this is. I mean, we lost one engine. Paradox. We gained another engine. It's not gonna be banned. It's not as good, but it ha it has some really awesome effects. It's like all your little engines thrown into one, but not Paradox. No. We didn't get that one. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one costs four. It's legendary. And it has three incredible activated abilities. I'm not even going to say they're all incredible, but we can make them incredible. <laughs> the first one is two and a tap. Copy target activated or triggered ability you control. So, triggered ability... Activate ability. I mean, we can we can double fetch lands. Oh my god, I can double my Razaketh. You can. We can double Urza activations. I can double my Goto. All these things with a cost. All <laughs> these things. It's, it's, I, I mean, you might not have the most use out of that first ability. Second ability. This is where I'm excited as Naramea. Three and a tap. Copy target instant or sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets. So, Ghostly Flicker, Naramea. What happens? Naramea enters. And they're like, oh, yeah, we counter your ghostly flicker. Oh, fools, I had three more mana. I'm going to copy target instant or sorcery spell. That's ghostly flicker. New ghostly flicker enters. It's going to flicker the original Naramea. And now Naru comes in, gets another copy. It's going to copy ghostly flicker. And then we go off. It's really awesome. But we could just do this with dramatic reversal too. So yeah. am I replacing Isochron Scepter? I mean, I think a lot of people have already replaced Isochrome Scepter. Yeah. Do I run both in Naramea? Maybe. I like it. I like the redundancy. And then it's tacked onto a card that just has so much added value, especially as the game goes on, depending on what your list does. But hold like, up. We didn't even get to the last one. Oh, ooh, yeah. Foreign attack. Copy target permanent spell you control. So permanent spell. All spells, all cards, are spells on the stack. Except lands. Lands never enter on the stack. But... I can copy plenty of things. I can get Any. double spell seekers. Double dual casters. Double dual casters. <laughs> Which is double Naramaeus. <laughs> double Naramaeus. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to do that, but Well you could. I mean there's a lot of cool applications for this card, and it's it's just asking to be busted. This is a slam dunk for me. Yeah, this is a card with a lot of combo potential. I feel like it's gonna be unlocked more and more as time goes on, and then the RC is gonna ban it. Don't say that. This is not. This is not your paradox. It's not bannable, but I would this, love. This is. <laughs> um, the next card we're going to talk about. This is your rear engine. 
one reason, one reason we want this card, Savala Heart of the Wilds. Three generic, Relic Golem, Artifact Creature Golem, 6-6 six, six body. That's all I need to read. Relic Golem can't attack or block unless an opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard. He gets you there for two and a, a tap. Target player mills two cards. Okay, so you run Lupine Prototype. This is what that yeah. card reminded me of. Two for a five, this is three for a six. We want big things for cheap in Sabala. Yeah. Is this yeah. a slam dunk for you? Yeah. That didn't sound convincing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's it's like a weird balance, right? You want a balance of buff effects and big creatures, but at the end of the day, I value large creatures moreover buff spells because that's a one-time instant or sorcery that does the trick that and we get to like. draw off the creature i get to draw off the creature entering yeah and then later on i can use this for value elsewise right so we use the great henge in there this is going to be a cost reducer for the great henge sure there's more value long term for having big creatures on the battlefield and this one mills too that can't be discredited like yes top deck tutors your imperial seal like i'm sorry it's gone now it People will forget about that too. Yeah, it's they'll just think, they'll ignore that this thing's they'll on think the board. It's a prototype. <laughs> it's good. It's very good. Um, the only issue with Savala Heart of the Wilds is that it doesn't combo with Cloudstone Curio. That's fine. We because have other things that do. But the, the thing is, like a buff wait, spell. Wait, why doesn't this combo? Uh, it has to be an on artifact. But this is a creature. Has to be an on artifact though. Really? Yeah, I can't Ooh. do it. I wish we could. Okay. Moving on to the MDFCs. So we're going to break down modal double face cards for you just as well as Mark Rosewater would. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they are cards, and in this set, they are creatures, instants, or sorceries that, when in hand, can be played as the cast, as the card itself, or played as the land, the land that's featured on the back. Now, for all the uncommons and rares, they enter the battlefield tapped. However, with the mythic rares, there's a set of bolt lands, and we're calling them that because... And I'll name the card that's on the screen. Amaria Shattered Skyclave. As Amaria Shattered Skyclave enters the battlefield, you may pay three life. If you don't, it enters the battlefield's tapped. So you can technically have the planes in your list for three life. Is it the end of the world? No, because it's a choice. So what's special about these cards is that no, you can't use something like crop rotation to get Amaria Shattered Skyclave onto the battlefield. Not that you would want to do that, because it's not considered a land when it's in your deck. It has the side A uh, typing, right? Yes. Unless it's one of those new dual lands. Obviously, there's a set of six of ten Pathway MDFC pathways. pathways, right? However, if you had Corsair of Crucifix on the battlefield and you revealed Amaria's Call, if you're playing it from a select number of cards, mm -hmm. you're your able to play it as a land from the top of your deck. If you have Crucible of Worlds, you're able to play it from your graveyard as a land because it will recognize it as a land then. Yes. Just something that says return target instant to your hand from your graveyard, uh, it's not going to be able to grab, uh, sorry, return target land from your graveyard. It's mm -hmm. not going to be able to grab the land. Because the land's on the back face. Yes. Exactly. Yes. But anything that will let you play and or play from your graveyard or the deck will let you do it. Otherwise, it's only recognized as a land when it's going from your hand to the battlefield. So also, another thing to realize, because Narma is going to use one of them, but when we flicker cards like this, they always return to their front-facing side. Correct. Yeah. And if something enters front-faced and you didn't pay for it, it just fizzles. Is this true? Yeah, yeah like if we, if we play that mythic one as a land, yeah. Even this one, Amarius Call, and we ghostly flicker this, it re-enters as Amarius Call. It doesn't even enter, it just it just goes away. Fizzles. Fizzles. That's interesting. 
That's actually an interesting way to recover the spell if you have a, like a unit, if you needed the thing, right? Nemerius Call reads four generic triple white sorcery. Create two four four white angel warrior creature tokens with flying. Non-angel creatures you control gain indestructible until the end of your next turn. Okay, so neither side of this is that amazing, but what's so amazing about these cards is the one thing that plagues all magic players is mana flood and mana screw. And when you can have a card that acts as both a land and a spell in your deck, it's insane. And when you're in a color that doesn't care about their life, yeah. like Sans Black, like anything Sans Black. Incredible. I want to say you you should just buy all five of these. Don't even have to use an affiliate link. Just take my word. Buy all five of these and put them in any list where life loss is irrelevant. Now, for yeah. casual players, where there's more to the board, there's more swinging, there's more of those shenanigans, maybe losing three life isn't good for you, but for CDH, even if I use a Marius Call just once in my life, I'll have considered it of value. Again, we don't have to play the planes untapped. I can just let it come into the battlefields tapped, and I'm totally fine. But I know I have a way to make all my shit indestructible and have a board. I, I make 8-8 eight, eight worth of power and defense for 7. And if I'm playing stacks and I have a Marius Call, this is great. I have two beaters that are flying now. Throw the Sword of Fire Ice on that thing. Start drawing off of this. Mm -hmm. All because I decided to play a land in my deck. Now, these bolt lands specifically, I would suggest you take out the basic equivalent. And or just another land. This would take the place of the land in your list. Yes. The rares and uncommons, due to the nature of their tapped... Coming Always to play tapped. Yes. I would only recommend from here on out, when we look at the cards, that you replace them for a relevant effect, or if you just need the redundancy, put it in your deck. They should not replace a land. No. Not necessarily. The bolt, lands, the, the bolt lands. Oh, yes. All of them. Even Agadim's Awakening, which we're going to get to, so good. Um, it's a simple mechanic. MDFCs. Very, very good. Very good. Um, so, one I want to talk about now, maybe not CDH worthy, but if you're playing on a budget, this is really fantastic for its effect. Glass Pool Mimic, two generic, one blue, creature, shapeshifter, rogue, zero, zero. When you uh, you may have Glass Pool Mimic enter the battlefield as a copy of a creature you control, except it's a shapeshifter rogue in addition to its other types. I wish this said any creature, because yes. then it's like a phantasmal image, but better. Well, costs one more, but doesn't have that sacrifice clause. Yeah, so it's like it's it it replaced one hiccup with another. I think phantasmal image is still the better effect. Oh yeah, hands down, it's incredible. But. Um, you can Phantasmal image the Dockside Extortionist and then play Glass Pool Mimic and then copy the Phantasmal image. Sure. For playing an island. This is really good. Look, if you if you have a lot of good creatures in your list that are of value, like if the Dockside Extortionist is really the big value piece right now because a lot of people are storming with this creature, like even if Dockside's only generating four to five, um, this is a great way to just get the ramp when you need it. Obviously. Glass Pool Mimic at three, a little bit harder pill to swallow than Phantasmal Image. Mm -hmm. You're likely just going to stick with Phantasm, but note, like duly noted, Glass Pool Mimic, we see you. You're very good. Uh, Jawari Disruption. We're just going to name off a lot of these MDFCs uh, because some of these you're going to play with and some of these you aren't. Um, yeah. But they're very good. One generic, one blue, instant counter target, spell, unless its controller pays one. So this is your mana tithe for a generic. And it's an island. Pretty good. I mean, I don't I don't feel compelled to run this in Armad because for me, at least, in mono blue, 
I'm just like, I can't have a turn where I have to go shields down. Like, I might just need that second mm -hmm. or that third island up. I can't risk throwing these things into play taps. taps yeah. And also, this is more of like a tempo card. So this is really good for like one versus one. When I have to deal with three other players, like I need something more reliable. Yeah. But again, like if, if your brawl makes this one blue or whatever, like if you're in a list that this might be relevant in, just note it, because again, like Justin said off the bat, like if you're getting land screwed, it's a land. So the next card we're gonna talk about is Seagate Restoration. This is definitely an Urmea card. Yeah. And an Urza card, because why not? You might think it's terrible, but it's not Anything that bad. It's actually really good. Four <laughs> and three blue, so that's seven mana, sorcery. Draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand, plus one. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. I don't care about hand size. I want extra draws. But the other side is it, of this is a Boltland Island. So why this is great, half the time, actually more than that, almost all the time, I'll probably just play this as a bad island, right? But to have that option, to Ghostly Flicker Narmea, have all this mana, and just be like, oh wait, I have an island in my hand. No, wait, I have a seven mana draw two or draw three yeah. for the price of an island. Like this is going to replace an island in the list. Mm -hmm. Now we run things like Back to Basics, and there's Blood Moon, and there's Magus of the Moon. So yeah, you get hurt a little bit by things like that, but for the amount of potential this card can offer, yeah, it's easy include. It's pretty solid. And especially if you have ways that, you know outside of Mono Blue to recur it, obviously this can be a way for you to draw through your deck. Not necessarily. I mean, I just think if, it's a really good I mean, card. if you can loop this with something like Eternal Witness if you're bouncing something, if you're in Simic or beyond that, like, if oh, I yeah, had infinite yeah. mana and, like, a Tamir Sabretooth, just keep I would grabbing just, I would kill Narmea, cast Seagate Restoration, and then copy it with Narmea. There you go. So then I get, like, three cards, and then I get six cards. No, more than that. However many you have Seven in your hand. cards. So yeah, you just draw a lot of cards. Obviously, there are ways to loop anything should you have infinite mana and a means, but you have that on a land... Right? So the fact that you have all that potential on the land is what really makes these bolt lands in particular so special. They all have really amazing effects um, at high cost, but they're basically your lands. Your, I don't hear about my life. Lands. Nobody's attacking me with no. mono blue. No. I'm going to have, like, oh, I could pay three for an untapped island if I needed it. We, we sound crazy about these cards because they're very good in CDH. Mind you, it's usually not a creature heavy meta. It's, it's not like there are big swings happening. There's no real crackback unless Najila's on the field. Mm -hmm. So it's um, a little different if you're playing power to casual. You know, maybe you don't want to consider these cards, but if you're in CDH, just 99% of the time, just slam it in your list. Like Agadim's Awakening, X, Triple Black, Sorcery. Return from your graveyard to the battlefield any number of target creature cards that each have a different converted mana cost of X or less. So uh, anything X or less in my list, let's see, like Tiny Bones, I run this in Tiny Bones, I only have eight creatures. So I can go ahead and bring back my Ophiomancer, I can bring back my Burglar Rat, mm -hmm. I can bring back my Mind Sliver. Mind, mind sliver. Slash Sliver? Yeah. yeah, and if I had an Ornithopter, put the Ornithopter in there too. <laughs> the thing is, um, this is just really excellent uh, creature recovery from battlefield to graveyard on a land. It's a stacks list. So the thing is, I'll more than likely, eight out of 10 times, probably put this on the field, tapped, yeah. and be fine. Um, and then on the reverse, I can pull back my creatures. If I want the Plague Crafter again to kill all your things, 
Do it Listen, again. You're in top deck mode, and you're like, oh man, I got another land. No, you don't. Yeah. You have Akadim's Awakening instead. It's so good. Um, that's great. That's what's so great about these cards late in the game, because they make all of your draws live. Yeah. Yeah, in fact. You're, you're as long as you have the prerequisite of a good graveyard. Yeah. And enough mana to make this happen, but we're talking mid to late game here. I'm pretty sure I can pop this off for six. Pretty sure I can do that. Um, Hagra Mauling. Um, I love this card. Uh, I, I think I feel like I've talked about this card a lot on various forums, but two generic, double black, instant speed. This spell costs one less to cast if an opponent controls no basic land. So it doesn't need the opponent. Be the opponent whose creature you're targeting. Destroy target creature. Yeah, it's unfortunate that this doesn't get a double discount. <sighs> yeah, it would be sweet because it would happen all the time in CDH. However, uh, this is murder. This is murder, but with a land on the back. Did you need creature removal in your list? Did you want to make sure you hit your land drops? Play Hagger Mauling. Do not replace a land for this. Put this in for a relevant destruction effect. Mind you, uh, CDH probably, it rotates around cheaper, more cost-effective ways yeah. of removing creatures. But if you are playing in a Stack City list, like in my Tiny Bones list... Stack City. I love it. Trini yeah. Sphere makes this three anyways. Totally cool with that. I mean, you don't want to add Nauseous because now your land is dealing you four damage. Yeah. But if you're not on Ad Nauseous, I'm on it. And Peer into the Abyss, there's ways to go through okay. your list. You're, it's not going to. Four is a bit, but it isn't going to hurt your Ad Nauseous that much if your curve is like 1.5 or whatever it might be. What's really going to hurt you is the people like swinging at you constantly. Sure. And this is going to get rid of that thing that's been swinging at you. I like Hagramalling a lot. It's not for every list. People don't mainline murder and CDH, okay? Don't get the wrong idea. But that one, I would. That one, I would. This one, I also would. Malachar Rebirth. This is strictly Tiny Bones tech. Get asked about Tiny Bones all the time. Reason why? Because of effects like this. One black, choose target creature, you lose two life. Until the end of turn, that creature gains. When this creature dies, return it to the battlefield to tap under its control. Okay. Literally just did a Hidden Gems video where I talked about... Um, stamina, supernatural stamina. This is that without the buff, but it is also a land. So this does this replace supernatural stamina? Yeah, you? it did. It Whoa! Did. So that's no longer that's a real hidden gem now. Yeah, because now it's extra hid. It's it's just covered <laughs> under the rebirth of all these malakers. So what's really good about this is there it, again stacks list. You're running all the taxes. You're making the board more difficult to play on. This can just be a land to help you pay your own taxes. This can be the thing that saves your creature. And again, if you have a creature that has a relevant ETB effect or death trigger, when it dies, it comes back and you get to do all of that again. This is really good for one mana. Sure. It's really good. Uh, you should probably run it. I like it a lot. And it's a land. Shatter Skull Smashing. This X. is probably the best one for Vintage Cube. I am so excited to run this. This is... Either a bolt land or this is a sorcery for X red red. Um, it deals X damage divided as you choose among up to two target creatures and or planeswalkers. Okay. If X is six or more, it deals twice X damage divided as you choose among them instead. How relevant is that for Commander? I mean, I don't, I can't think of many 12-12s that drop, right? Other than Phyrexian Dreadnought, but that's dying anyways. We don't really care. This is sorcery. What this is really going to do in Commander is probably just set itself to three or two. Mm -hmm. And you're going to kill a couple things. And well, listen, if you're in the head, 
you're running this, right? Because now you can kill Spirit of Lather. You can kill all these different things that might stop you from drawing multiple cards. Yeah, we're running it. For the cost of a mountain. Yeah. A bolt mountain. And nobody's really attacking you anyway. No. So use your life. Yeah. And now your draws are live. Exactly. This is really great removal, especially, Justin mentioned Neheb, Combat Storm. It's tough to combat when there are relevant blockers. Blast it. Go off. Um, and it was on a mountain. Again, really it just... Really good card when you're not caring about flipping cards with Hydalis. Um, The next one's pretty damn good. It's rather unique in red. Valica Awakening, two generic, one red, instant. Instant is the part that makes this really good. Put any number of cards from your hand on the bottom of your library, then draw that many cards plus one. So it replaces itself. Yeah, if you had five, you have five. Yeah, it's six, you have six. And it's a land. I really, I'm going to keep saying that. I don't need to reiterate it, but this effect is really good. It's really powerful to have multi-face cards. You know, it's really like... Really powerful. Yeah, and well... A lot of people need to be told that because they don't understand how good that is. But now you know. So the value here is the fact that it's it's like a pseudo wheel. It's not hitting everyone. It's just you. It's not your graveyard. It goes back in your deck. But you're able to put things in your deck uh, to your choosing. So Grenzo benefits from this. Goto benefits yes, from this. Putting Grenzo Helm back. Um, and then you benefit from this because you just go back up to your hand size. And hopefully you find the ramp you need. You find the protection you need with the red elemental blast if you're in other colors this is splashable it's only one red this is great if your commander draws you a lot of cards and you're still not seeing the things you need cast this put the six you have in your hand back and then grab another six are you running Plus this in, in war one and a half no not war uh you couldn't you couldn't run this in ward and it could be really devastating right so you have the rummage effects you're trying to storm off in your turn you're not getting there you cast a seeding song conspire the seeding song Cast the Benefactor's Draft, untap all your stuff. You're not there yet. I have eight cards now. Mm -hmm. One being Valakut Awakening. Valakut Awakening. I can so conspire real. this. Go seven. Draw one. Play your instance. Uh -huh. So if we conspire this, we go up a card. The only issue with conspiring something like this is, that, is the second options already on the stack. So you need... Your, the new cards that you draw need to be instants for them to be live. Yeah. But put any number so we can keep however many we wanted as well. That is true. Yeah. So we missed that. <laughs> in, again, it's it's a land. So maybe I, I didn't add it to award, but hell, maybe I will. That's that's not bad. It's but interesting. With yeah. the plus one, if it's conspired, it gives you a card. It's very good. Um Velcut Awakening is very good. Just deep diving there. Clearly good. It does give you plus one cards when you conspire that. Yeah, even if I say no, I don't want to put any of these away. Draw one. Get get one anyways. We got two more left for you. Uh, they're pretty juicy. Balaged Recovery. Now, two generic, one green for a regrowth at Sorcery. So return a card to your hand. Uh, there's no cost reduction like Hugger Mauling, unfortunately. There's no way to make this a regrowth, but it's a land. It's very good. It's it's still very good. Again, if you need this redundancy, in CDH, the common cards are Eternal Witness and Noxious Revival. Like, that's your mainline recovery, right? That's what you're Underworld using. Underworld Breach. Or Underworld Breach. Recovery. It's, it's there. <laughs> Cast it, right? Um, Yavmas will, I guess. You can kind of consider it the same thing. But if you need the redundancy, it's there. It's a land. You'll get there. Really good. The last one, though, is super good. 
Would you say this is the best? I would say this is the best one for CEDH because it is a slam dunk in Savala. And Savala's actually, I hate to say it, but it's more relevant than Arma. Because the redundancies are there for green to make it potent, like... This is more powerful in Savala than Seagate Restoration is for Narmea. This yeah. is a really, really good card. Yes, it, and I think what makes Savala great is that the the redundant effects that we frequently see printed for green are valuable for her yes. strategy. And you actually get yeah. to this mana yeah. frequently. So this isn't yes. maybe 50% of the time this is a land. Yeah, so for seven, four generic, and, and even if it is a land, I'll teach you how to run this properly. For four generic <laughs> and three green, sorcery. Look at the top seven cards of your library. You may put a, seven's a lot. You may put a creature card from among them. It's a wheel. Put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. Doesn't matter what their CMC was. If that creature has a converted mana cost of three or less, my eternal witness, it enters the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters. That's a draw from Saval. Uh, yeah, if it's big enough. It, it literally, and you can just do this exponentially. Like, Even if you hit a dork, it's yeah. a 4-4. Four, 4-4, four. Four, four, it's bigger than Savala. And then the, my creature, what, it's a 5-5, five, five, it's an 8-8 eight, eight now. Bigger than that guy. Okay. <laughs> Enters about, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. That's the key part. It goes back in your library, right? So here's what you do. Let's just say you played this as Serpentine Wood. You played it as land. You bolted yourself. You wanted to get the turn to Savala. Crop rotate Serpentine Wood. Kill it. Remember, it turns back into turn timber symbiosis in my graveyard now. Mm -hmm. I start looping and comboing cards. I have Cloudstone Curio, I have an Elf, and I have Eternal Witness. I use Eternal Witness to grab turn timber symbiosis, bouncing an Elf back to my hand. I cast turn timber symbiosis. I put another creature on the battlefield, Cloudstone Curio, bounce Eternal Witness. I play Eternal Witness. After I've demonstrated infinite mana, I do this infinitely. And now you get infinite seven. So the trick here You're is you get everything you want. All my all, all my stuff is is it doesn't it has it's summoning sick pad. It doesn't have haste. The Genesis Hydra that was put onto the battlefield from Turn Timber Symbiosis, it's X and double green, so it's plus three plus three. I bounce that back to my hand. Now I cast it for a billion a billion, and I grab my staff of domination. If someone fools with me then, I just use Eternal Witness again to grab it from my graveyard. I cast it again. I grab my Concordant Crossroads. This is a really, go really good card. Or I just use my Eternal Witness to grab it's the Savala. Finale of Devastation, give everything haste. You can fail to find the creatures because you use this, yeah. and give everything haste. We're dunking too hard now. It's, we, we broke the hoop. It's good. It's good. The glass is shattered. It's everywhere. And turn Timber Symbiosis just saved the day because it was a land. Because I just it crop rotated my Serpentine Wood to win the game. Nobody's even attacking you in Savala because you got the biggest... Things. Things. No, you don't want to <laughs> run into an 8-8. Eight, eight. <laughs> You're not going to do that. And I'm not tapping them. I don't care. That they're just there. Unless I court of calling, then I tap them. <laughs> Disclaimer. When this hit, when this has the showcase border, the full out blown out borders, this looks bad, right? It looks pretty bad. You don't like it. Yes. Our recommendation for Tim Timber <laughs> Symbiosis is buy the standard version. It's cheaper. Foil. Run it in your list. All of the mythic rare bolt lands, buy them. At least one copy, you will find yourself using them to have land or have some form of real advantage on the back end of that card is a really amazing effect. You know, and to go beyond that, there are other pathway lands we can talk about. Um, these are basically lands that enter as, they're not basic, right? So it could be like an island, it could be a swamp, it could be, they tap for island or swamp. Right. I'll put like an example of one on the screen. So they're good in two color lists. 
They're really good in two colorless because then it's like a prismatic vista anyway, yeah. right? Because with prismatic vista, you were either getting an island or swamp, <laughs> but now I just have it anyway and I play an island or swamp. I, I like them. I love the um, so I'll put branch loft pathway on the screen. For so you. for wart, are you going to play like this green red one? I lied. Craig crown pathway is what's yeah. on the screen. So I actually didn't place this in wart because we do manipulate cards with Conspire, so things like Haro or, or things like our... Uh, bu -bu 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 -bu. We've got a lot of ways to fetch cards from our list sure. on instants and sorceries, like things to find our forest and put them on the battlefield. So we do need an influx of forest and or mountain cards uh, to grab with those. So it's tricky. Um, the thing that this may go alongside with, not replace, are your filter lanes. Uh, your filter lanes are essentially doing the same thing for you, right? They're converting your mana into double red, double green, red or green this gives you the option uh, as you play it right I so you could fetch for these that i do so yeah it would it that would, would be, be super duel. busted that would be such a duel um but see these are going to be predominantly used in dual colored list and not beyond that and they will be filler for you to replace something like one of the old cycle duels or there's a bunch of dual lands out there that are I'm less keen or on. Or this just these removes are more the basic efficient. and some yeah. less. Like this is these lands are very good. Yeah, the pathway lands are great. Again, there's a set of six of these. Uh, one is on the screen now. You can check them out though. I'll probably leave a link for you to the Wizards website so you can just check out all the Zendikar Rising cards. Because those are all the ones we're going to cover today. That was a lot. That was a whole bunch of good stuff. That was a lot, and I think there were a certain amount of like really really good cards. Like above all else, I would get that Archon. I would get that. Serpentine Term Timber Symbiosis, because that's really good. I'd get that Seagate Restoration for Naru. Um, I would totally get all of these Bolt Lands in general, because I think they're just fantastic. Um, you're getting that Relic Golem. Well, I know. And that Lithoform Engine. <laughs> oh, I am so excited to play with that card. Yeah, I didn't expect me to... I didn't expect to update four of the list I constantly play and be buying 12 cards because of Zendikar Rising. But I am. Uh, and uh, guys, you, uh, all the cards here that we mentioned today, I hope you find a use for them in your list. They're all excellent. If you value the information we fed you today and you want to help support the channel, the best way to do that is Patreon. It uh, helps to go uh, help the production here. I'd love to get new lights. They don't make us sweat so much. Yeah, it's really hot. I'd uh, love to get some lavaliers. But uh, that's all in due time to the Patreon members. You guys are awesome. We're almost at 99, and I want to thank you guys. Um, as you know, I didn't do the little thing at the beginning, but there is a special shout-out to all of our Patreon members. We also like to play pickup games with our Patreon members. So if you're not yeah. on the Patreon Brew Baby crew, uh, the best way to pick up uh, games with us is there because we play weekly, bi-weekly. We test new lists there. I test a lot of my new lists there. Uh, and we just talk shop. So if you want to talk shop with us, that's the best way to do it. And... Uh, you can thank him with me, if you'd like, sir. Go for it. Uh, 95 of you, I'm going to try to burn through these quickly, but to everyone else, see you later. Um, special shout out to Mark, D. Walter, Donato, Jeremy, Jeremy, Josh Tyler, Skinny June, Hanson, Ooh, Skinny's John, a new one. And yeah, and <laughs> Mariitis. Mariitis? Pronounce that. Mar this is Kaiser, I think. Mariitis. Mariitis. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your patronage. You can you can do as many as you yeah, can. Yeah, Jeremiah, George, David, Cade, Steve, Seras, Reznia. Oh, man, his baton looks really good. Which one? Oh, yeah. Your yeah. food always looks amazing. Thank you so much for your patronage. <laughs> Send some of that. I'm going to call it beef jerky, but it's not. What it's better. It? Uh, 
Jackson Casa. If it would ship overseas from South Africa, I would love that. Dylan Joseph Wes Braden WRPG winner. Congratulations on the win, and thank you guys for your patronage. <laughs> Sage Guillermo. Guillermo. Oh, oh, Guillermo beat me a couple times. He was a really sick vigilantist in Brew Babies. Yeah, don't give him that. Though. Don't give him that victory. I'm just kidding. No, congratulations on the win. Uh, and thank you for your patronage. Empires, Cryo, Phil, Tornado Joe, Nick, Alexander, Spaceman, Student Eternal. Matthew, Rod, Nomad. Yeah, that's Nomad. Gunblade Knight, Austin, P. Dizzle, Geoffrey. Yeah. Geoffrey? Jeffrey. Geoffrey. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey. Eve, John, Just Me, Rory. Just Me and Rory are always next to each other. And there's two pages on Patreon now. That's Brian, the one you have. That's Brian, awesome. Trevor, Landers, Corwin, Tim, you guys are the best. Thank you so much. We're at 95 now. We're so close. It's crazy. To hitting 99, and then I'm never going to say your names again. <laughs> Carlos, Kevin, <laughs> Sir Fluffykins, Matthew, Kevin, Suboxone. Yeah. yeah. How, how are the Janus treating you? <laughs> How's the Janus? Oh, what's the Zendikar spec? Yeah, yeah, what is everyone? It's, it's the Archon. It's the Archon. Yeah, he's a stack. He's getting all the <laughs> stretched out foil border. Adam, Dante, Josh, Matthew, Rennell, Trent, and Gregory. Oh yeah, we got Take Harry, us. Dave, Leonardo, Christopher, Carl, Craig, Mason, Adrian, Paul, and Jake B. Guys, thank you so much for your patronage. You guys are the best. Gullius, Shafan, Bruno, Kev, Ali, love you guys. Josh, Clyde, Shaded, Frank, Jared, Brendan, Shord, Nathan, Javier, Oliver, The Holy Knight, Sam, Running Red, Jordan, Luke, Leon, and Mace. Wow. Who was the first? Who was the last? <laughs> what do you mean, who was the first one? Thank you guys so much for your patronage. You guys rock. I hope this guide to Zendikar helped you find the cards that you should be looking at picking up. What do you guys think about MDFCs? Are they the best? Love them. Are they a little broken? Are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> this guy runs a cube that he is replacing how many cards like for? Like 30 cards. It's a, And this is a power vintage cube. This is how good these cards are. To give you an indicator of how playable these will be, uh, I'm excited Extremely. to start running all of these. MDFCs are really going to change the landscape, literally, of uh, the Commander game. This is such so. a good design space, and I really hope going forward we get more things like this. Me too. No more Mana Flood. No more Mana Screw. I don't want to play that noise. Give me the cards. <laughs> Guys, again, my name is Patrick Marlowe. Justin Rodriguez and... Happy Brewing Babies. babies.